Welcome, everybody, to our podcast in mid-January. I'm joined today by Robert and John, and we're going to have a general chat about what is going on at the moment and where we see things going, especially the stock market. The stock market has got off to a good start, it would appear, in 2023. What do you think, John? With the FTSE 100, obviously, oil has a decent weighting. Mining does too. So it's about the constituents of of that main index that I think is part of the story. The consumer staples have done okay. You know, the likes of Unilever and Diageo, in essence, they appear to be able to to continue passing on the inflation that's clearly there. I think I think some people are, are looking beyond. I think they're expecting interest rates to, or, or the rises of interest rates to, if not peter out to slow down. I think the market is attempting to forecast when they will stop. But there are still some people who are expecting at some point this year that rates will start to to actually fall again. And of course, that has implications for, for, for share prices. So as ever, the stock market is looking ahead. This is all part of, of, of price discovery. I think that is happening. The Federal Reserve have said they are not more or less this year. There aren't going to be um, any, any rate cuts. But the problem they have, I think they have to talk tough to try and jawbone the markets to where they want them to be. But we haven't seen what they'll do if it turns out that we start to go into a substantial recession, are they prepared to continue with that? It's only once you get to that point that you'll know whether the Fed will or will not pivot. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is is that the UK stock market is not a barometer of the UK economy. As you allude to, John, it's the oils and some of the consumer staples, the big internationals, which have driven the UK stock market. And there's been a lot of the UK focus stuff has struggled and has been very volatile. And there have been various announcements, especially from the retailers with regard to Christmas sales, etc. M&S, again, their food sales have, have done very nicely, but it's dragged down by, by the rest of the business. Per Simon have said today that their house sales for last year were beyond their estimates but there's been a notable slowdown over the last few months and few weeks clearly those sort of things interest rates going up etc affect that set of the, the market whereas they don't really affect things like oil and consumer staples in the same way As we enter this new year, I suspect the uh, the focus of attention for a while longer is going to be the Ukraine and what Mr Putin is going to be doing in that area and the effect it will have on us in particular. It has been affecting oil prices. Also, the Ukraine provides an awful lot of fertiliser to the world and also it is one of the biggest grain growers in the world. So that could have inflationary effects at the moment people are saying that we're past peak inflation my opinion is that they might be right i would be surprised if inflation continues at double digit for too long but i do think it's going to remain elevated beyond where central banks think it's likely to be and that will mean that interest rates will have to stay higher for longer what do you reckon john i think inflation in double digits is probably not going to continue at that at this kind of clip. 
But I think a better question is, where is it going to just weaken to and then stay around? And and my guess is it's going to be at least mid single digits, which has implications for where interest rates go. And we're not at the point yet where we're going to see how serious central banks are about fighting inflation. We mentioned earlier about the Fed. Only once we see the economic damage of rising interest rates are you going to get an indication as to how serious they're going to be with regard to the fight against inflation. Because at the moment, we've still got interest rates that are steeply negative, meaning that inflation is way higher than interest rates. Now, if we end up with a serious recession, are they going to keep leaning into that policy in order to get inflation down and interest rates up? Bear in mind, if you were to draw up some kind of plot line through the real interest rates, so that is nominal interest rate, less less inflation. If you did that pretty much through the 20th century, you're probably going to end up with a number somewhere in real terms, plus one and a half to two percent, something like that. So at the moment, we're still massively steeply negative. How keen are they to get back to some kind of normality? And I accept that we haven't been in conditions that you could call normal for probably two decades, the best part of. But ultimately, that's where things have to go back to. Do they really mean what they say? Or will they buckle once a serious recession is globally upon us? Are they going to do that? That's the question we still have to ask. And I suspect that the likes of Persimmon, when their results come out and the stock price goes up, it's people thinking that they're making a guess on where interest rates are going to peak. And I think that's the most difficult question to um, to answer at the minute. But I am nowhere near convinced that central banks like the Fed, like the Bank of England, like the ECB, are really going to suck it up and take it on the chin if it turns out that inflation is not coming under control, are they going to lean into it if we have a recession and keep going in order to crush this in the same way that Paul Volcker did at the Fed in the, in, in the late 70s, early 80s? My gut instinct is that they won't. I think the problem is that if you listen to the insolvency practitioners at the moment, they are hugely busy. And clearly, the small increases in interest rates recently are taking effect on businesses, whether it is the customer who is now no longer buying their product, or whether it's the fact that their interest rates on their their loans have gone up, um, have suddenly made these businesses not profitable. That, I think, is going to be a theme of this year. I think that a lot of those zombie businesses, which have been kept going by ridiculously low interest rates, uh, are now really going to, to start to suffer. And I think the other thing which is very interesting is the fact that there are, I think, about 1.4 million mortgages which have to be renewed during the next 12 months. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that they're going to be paying more for their mortgages, not less. I mean, I haven't seen UK data, but I know it's certainly in the States, their mortgage rates more than doubled last year. So, you know, we're, we're talking about the same kind of thing. I mean, this is what happens when idiotic central banks misprice the price of money. It's that simple. And as you use the word zombie, uh, there's so many zombie businesses knocking around that could only keep ticking over because the price of their debt was at 
sillier levels. Now it's starting to get repriced. You know, I don't think it's any surprise now that you're insolvency, pal, that he, he's busy. This is what happens when you get so much intervention in free markets from central banks. They never stop meddling. They've meddled for the better part of two decades. And this is the mess that they have created. The problem is you can keep meddling, but ultimately, just like water, it's all going to find its own level. And I sense we've got to the point where they are no longer in control of policy in the same way that they, well, they thought they were. And that, you know, what, what's got to happen is going to happen. And that's their problem. Their idiocy has removed uh, virtually all their policy options now. I read a statistic that all these mortgages, which are going to be renewed in the next 12 months, the increase in interest rates will cost something in the region of £60 billion. Now, that is £60 billion, which is taken out of the consumer's pocket, which is a huge amount of money. And... I think that a lot of commentators will say, oh, yes, Duncan, but on one hand, you're losing 60 billion. But on the other hand, the people with the savings, they will be getting more interest on their money and therefore they will be spending more. Well, in my opinion, and I have to be a little bit careful about my assumptions here, but the people who have not got any mortgages and any debt i.e. the ones with the savings, they are probably going to have been very sensible in their lives. And when they suddenly start getting a little bit more interest, I don't think they will run out and spend that on the high street. I think that they will think, crikey, even though I might be getting 2 or 3% on my savings, I'm still losing in real terms. Therefore, I'm going to continue to save. The people with the savings do not have a propensity to spend to the same degree that the people that have a smaller amount of savings. It's that simple. So the fact that people on average incomes are now having to pay more on their mortgages and people who have savings who will tend to be perhaps more prosperous are getting more it's not a quid pro quo they won't go out and spend it in the same way so the next 12 months is going to be very interesting i'm going to quote buffett as the tide goes out you see who was swimming without their trunks on And I think we will revisit that several times this year because I think that as the interest rates filter through the system, the rising interest rates, there are going to be more and more businesses which become unviable. There's going to be a lot more pain for people who have been gung-ho over the last 10, 20 years, taking out huge amounts of, of debt. And I think you have to take all those things into consideration when managing your investments. And that is why... I come back to the fact that you need to be in big blue chip international companies in the main, which are selling mainly products which are used on a regular basis. Yeah, it's the diversification. And to quote the late fund manager, Peter Lynch, he used to talk about diversification, meaning that too much diversification actually kills your results. And I would agree with that. But Major businesses like you've just described, they have exposure to the whole world, not just here. And that's useful to have. I mean, the US is doing better than just about anyone, uh, despite its government. But it's got plentiful energy supplies, for example. That does help. I do think the UK is going to be down the bottom of the economic performance charts for a little while. But you don't have to be stuck here. The fact that 
you know, major businesses happen to be quoted on the UK market doesn't necessarily really make them UK businesses. I can think of loads of businesses where the vast majority of their sales comes from all around the world. And it's, uh, it's nice to have. I hope you've enjoyed that discussion. As usual, we've knocked about our opinions about central bankers, interest rate policy. I think if you've listened to previous podcasts, you'll know where we're coming from. My missus said on January the 1st, what's your New Year's resolution, Robert? And I struggled to think of one. The usual was mentioned, like eating more fruit, drinking more water and drinking less alcohol. But none of those really appealed. If I had a portfolio with a large financial institution, I might think that my best New Year's resolution would be to say, do you know what? I'm done with all this ringing up, getting through to Joe Bloggs, who then says, what's your inside leg measurement? And he or she has no idea about who you are, what you are and what you're doing. Uh, And therefore, I would think, well, maybe it'd be better to be able to ring 01423 705123, speak to Robert Ash, Duncan Williams, John Newsom, straight through and have a good chat about life. Transferring from one stockbroker to another is a very, very easy process. You merely sign a letter and then the rest is done for you. I suspect people are getting a bit fed up with lots of this ESG nonsense, lots of this big corporate. If you've only got £700,000 invested, then you fit in a particular drawer and you don't get an individual personalised portfolio. Clearly, if you act with us, we will not put you in a drawer. Every client, although they have similar portfolios, they're all independent of each other and you get what you deserve, in my opinion. Anyway, that's enough for me ranting. So Happy New Year to everyone and we'll speak soon. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.